My name is Deke Benham. I'm a senior at a high school called the Bay School of San Francisco, and welcome to the Impact of Sports podcast, a podcast where I ask the next generation of athletes what they believe is the impact of sports on social justice, while also talking to professional athletes about their experience with social justice. My goal is to show our generation people in sports who they can look up to, and people just like them who believe in the importance of sports and social justice. Each episode will bring someone new to the conversation, ranging from an ex-WNBA player to a cross-country runner in high school. I set out to make this podcast in an effort to incorporate my passion of athletics into the fight for social justice that has been brought to the forefront during 2020 with the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and countless others at the hands of police brutality. I hope each episode can help to inspire you, the listener, to get involved. And for all athletes out there, I hope you'll see that it is okay to voice your opinions and that you shouldn't just shut up and play. Sports is a powerful platform that many people, including me, look to. It brings together all types of people for a common goal. And if one of those goals was social justice, I believe the world could only change for the better. Enjoy. Today, I'm here with Cherie Sam. She's a former collegiate and professional basketball player. She played her college ball at Vanderbilt and played her professional basketball for the Orlando Miracle, Miami Soul, Minnesota Lynx, Seattle Storm, Charlotte Sting, Indiana Fever, and Detroit Shock. She's a two-times WNBA champion, once winning in 2004 with the Seattle Storm and once winning with Detroit Shock in 2008. She was also a WNBA All-Star in 2002. So we'll start out with a few... Um, before we get into the big stuff, just in general, why did you get into, into sports in the first place? Oh, wow. Uh, sports, since the time I was maybe seven, eight years old, has always been present um, in my life. My brothers play basketball. Um, so I was the little baby sister, you know, following them to the court. And that, that's how I got introduced to the game of basketball. And from there, I just, I was always an active kid. Um, so I've always uh, been in, like played softball, uh, basketball, and basketball. My skills, <laughs> I was I, my skills were, were pretty good. So I was able to grow in that. And man, I, I got a scholarship to go to college. Um, you know, four years of that. Without that, you know, I'm not sure if I could have gone to a university. So sports, sports was impacting me, gave me that. And from I was fortunate to play professionally as well. So it became my life. It became my career. Um, I had a true passion for it and um, just blessed, but it's, it's just something about it. You know, when you, when you, when you really like something, you have a passion for it. And for me, it's been yeah. sports. Yeah. Was there anyone who really inspired you to play in the first place? Was it your brothers? You kind of touched on that or maybe a parent or someone like that. Oh, wow. So many different inspirations, coaches, of course, like I've had some significant coaches um, in my life throughout my life, but my passion started at home. Um, especially for basketball. My dad was a Lakers fan. My mom was a Celtics fan. And when those teams played, those teams played on Sundays, there was a lot of competitive, a lot of competitiveness in our family. So I was kind of introduced that way to sports, just the competitiveness and, and the fun. It brought our family together, right? Sundays watching NBA. Yeah. And then I, I started to play in school and I mentioned the coach. That was one coach. It was my track coach in high school. I did, I played softball. I did basketball and I played, uh, did track uh, and softball. I don't know if I said it already, but it was my track coach yeah. who reached out to uh, Nancy Lieberman Klein. Um, I know you're younger. So Nancy was one of the first women to play in the men's league. Um, she's an Olympian 
um, at that time in nature. Like she's like, she was big. She was a huge uh, name. So um, my track coach filled out an application that she had for her camp. And her camp was for um, kids with um, challenged socioeconomic backgrounds, underprivileged is what they called it. So uh, I qualified, sent off, got accepted. And I'm from a small town um, in Tucson, Louisiana, from the yeah. South. And so um, small town, mom, single parent, once my, my dad and mom divorced. Um, and so here I am going to this camp, first time on the airplane, I'm flying to Dallas, Texas to go to a basketball camp, right? Yeah. Never left Louisiana, never left my town, five streets of my town. So that gives you an idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm, here I am going to Dallas, Texas to Nancy Lieberman Klein's camp and um, meeting Nancy and, uh, she was the first one that really was kind of like uh, a visionary for me, like what of what sports, how impactful sports can be in your life, right? She basically says she's from New York, same thing. She came from a, a single parent home with her mom. Um, and here she is now a superstar Olympian. Um, so she basically told, it was 10 of us stayed at her house, yeah. um, scholarship kids, and basically told us, look, if you guys focus on your academics and work and work on your game, you could achieve this too. Um, and that camp, uh, Connie, really laid the foundation for, for me and setting goals and, and realizing that I had a real opportunity to, to achieve so many things through sports. So that was the yeah. first, Nancy Lieberman Klein probably had the biggest impact as far as me wanting, choosing sports as an avenue um, for success. Yeah. Yeah. That, wow. That's super inspiring. And then, so also... When I remember probably when social justice first came into the field for sports, the combination that was when Colin Kaepernick kneeled um, a couple of years back. That's when I first kind of remember being talked about in, in combination with sports. So what did you first think when Colin Kaepernick kneeled? Like, how did you feel originally when it was on media and how, what, how they were talking about it? Like, what, did, what were your, the first kind of reactions that happened for you? You know, as, as an athlete, a professional athlete, you know, when you have my first reaction was like wow that's awesome but then my second thought was as an athlete wow I hope it doesn't affect his career because I could I could res I could relate on that part where there are certain things that is seen as oh, acceptable and there are certain boundaries that you really don't want to step outside of for fear of losing sponsorships or being alienated in your profession so that was my initial reaction like wow that's awesome but then also just as the athlete saying like I don't know if I would have had the courage to do it. So a very courageous act that um, not most have the courage to do. Um, yeah. And it's, it's exciting now because you're seeing more and more younger athletes have the courage to, to put those uh, initiatives and issues first. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's not how it's always been in the past. So when I saw him, I was like, wow, that takes a lot of courage just knowing that I was just, um, just what it was about, began to research what, why he was kneeling. And, um, you know, it's, he had the courage to, to say and come out and speak for, for many who really lived their daily lives, you know, through these injustices and yeah. these mistreatments. And I just thought it was a very courageous act and it's yeah. just very, uh, you know, envious in a way. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I would also say that the WNBA is probably one of the most progressive leagues with social justice. Like they're really able to just kind of champion it. And so with you being an ex uh, member of it and a former player in the league, uh, what would you say, why do you think that WNBA is so able to kind of be active in the social justice issue more so than basically any other league we've kind of seen? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think one, they have the, I think 
I think the biggest thing, because as women, we are part of that group who have faced so many discriminations ourselves as yeah. women. So we were in, in fact like part of a group that's been marginalized or, or not treated fairly. So I think that was easy for us to, to, to really understand because we, we're traveling those same roads. And then again, just courage. Um, to, to step outside and say, hey, it's not really about us, but these people are experiencing some of the same inequalities that we experience. And I think it was more of an emotional uh, approach than say the NBA, you know, those yeah. guys, you know, they don't have those same experience as a, as a woman. So I think it was more of a, a connection of understanding what it, what it feels like. And then just, again, the courage to do what's right. Um, and just to, uh, to use our platforms more now, again, culture generations has changed and it's changed for the better um, because in my prime in the league, I don't know if, again, the women would have had the courage to do it. Yeah. You know, league was just starting, you know, do we really want to risk the league not being here? You know, it wasn't there, but now they have that growth. And I think um, just a lot of things available now, social media plays a big part. Yeah, um, the definitely. way we communicate is different in the world. So I think that all played a part in it, but I think mostly it was understanding those challenges and then again just um wanting to do the right thing yeah definitely and you kind of touched on a little bit a little bit how you were first nervous for Colin Kaepernick when you first did it was there ever a time and you kind of touched on it with the WNBA so also just starting out um was there ever really a time when you yourself felt hesitant to stand up for your beliefs while playing in sports or that it wasn't like you were discouraged to do so by at any point oh yeah absolutely without a doubt um you know, there are times I think more with me, here's the way I look at it when we're talking about marginalized groups, um, right? So I, I think of the LGBTQ community. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of players in the league, you know, are part of that community. Yeah. So us playing then at that time, it wasn't, it wasn't okay. You know, it was, it was, it was in the shadows, it was hidden. And I think, I mean, I know, you know, because you know players and then you know players, right? You get to see players in their lives. You know, we hang out, we go to restaurants. So you know the lives of people, but it's like that was never in the forefront, right? That was never put forth because, you know, and even the league, the way they marketed the players, it wasn't in the forefront because we were a growing league, we're a new league and we didn't want to, you know, push any sponsors away. Yeah. And you fast forward now, you know, you got ESPN, you got Sue Bird, my former teammate, yeah. you know, our engagement to Megan Rapinoe, it's all over the ESPN sports. Like they're celebrating it. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Like Sue's out now, like yeah. as she wasn't when we played. So it's just a change. And like, that's just a part of the time. I think people now feel more, um, have more courage in the way we communicate. And then again, it's just, the, we have learned, right? We've learned, um, the differences and we've learned how to accept people. We've, we've become a more inclusive world, so to speak. It's, yeah. it's kind of ironic to stay inclusive when we're talking yeah. about social injustice and equalities, but we have grown, right? Yeah, we definitely that part yeah. to where players didn't feel comfortable coming out about their sexuality to where now they are, um, to where players necessarily then speak out against social injustices because you know they won't use the sponsorship. I know a lot of people use Michael Jordan in that in that time, he wasn't a very political guy when he yeah. did his career, because, you know, he once said, you know, Republicans buy shoes too. Yeah. So, um, you know, so he didn't want to cross that line, but I think now um, it started, I give, I give Cap a, a big, big applause because it started with him risking it and not seeing it. Um, and then 
you know, as a group, it's harder for, for people to be marginalized or blacklisted if you do it as a group, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Cap did it as an individual. So I think now when you go as a team, you have your team behind you. I got my team with me. You yeah. feel more, you know, brazen to do stuff because you know you got others supporting you as well. Exactly. And then also, why, why do you think it's so important for athletes to kind of be involved in this issue and to stand up? Like, yeah, what is that? Why do you think it's so important? I think, again, I mean, we have a platform, right? We, we could reach, we reach fans. We have a platform that, uh, you know, your normal individuals necessarily don't have. And I think it's important to use that, you know, whether it's 200, 1,000, 2,000, 200,000, I think um, each one teach one is what we used to say. If you reach one person, you know, that's, that's a good day. Um, yeah. So I think just um, the platform we're giving, um, you know, by our fans and by our sponsors, just by the communities we live in, um, you know, we're, we're seen as, as role models. We do a lot of community work. You know, a lot of our initiatives are in the community. So we have that, that opportunity to speak directly to the community. And I think it's important that we utilize that. Yeah, definitely. Also, what is your, what would be your favorite example of an athlete or a league getting involved in social justice issue that you can remember a time when you saw on the news, like, oh, that was pretty sweet what they did or when you were even playing a time that mm -hmm. was super cool. Wow, if I had to go back, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a historian of sport. I like, I like reading about sports, you know, like yeah. today we lost the great Hank Aaron, um, who you talk about social injustices. Yeah. You know, I just was watching this little doctor did him today and he received 3,000 hate mail letters a day um, when he was about to break Babe Ruth's record, yeah. um, you know, being called, you know, racist uh, slangs and every, like 3,000 a day. You know, as a as an athlete, you get. I, I think about it. I mean, I would get. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't get that many letters a day. But you get. You get yeah. fan mail. You know, and this yeah. is like a oh, you, when you're opening it, it's coming from a fan, and I could. I know the excitement I felt. Right. So when I heard about him getting three thousand hate letters a day, just like him opening it, not knowing what it is, and then reading that. So I mean, that was powerful for me. So it goes back. Athletes have had have used their platforms, have been fighting injustices. Hank Aaron did it, Muhammad Ali did it, Jim yeah. Brown did it. So, you know, it's 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 been like a constant um athletes have always been in the fight, right? Yeah. For social injustice. So I yeah. think it's just athletes continue what we've always done. Because if you know yeah. your history, you know there's always been one person to have the courage in their time to step up and do it. So I think it's just, it's part of being a professional athlete. Like you have that platform and there's a lineage of people who've done it before you. So you want to be a part of that because um, you see the impact yeah. that they've been able to make. Definitely. How do you think leagues and teams can better support their players or just their communities in general that they're in? A lot of the times there's like, these teams and these leagues take advantage of the communities that they're in. They're largely in areas, they're more marginalized areas, and they really don't do a lot to help support their communities. How do you think they can better do that? Or the teams better support their players? Or like Colin Kaepernick, it was kind of like the league and the league and the team kind of brushed it, put it under the rug and tried to hide it. But yeah, obviously we've seen that that doesn't work. And how do you think they can better be better supported? Mm -hmm. I, I think... When it comes to the leagues, when I'm saying NBA, WNBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, all of them, yeah, um, I think 
it's always, we've, they've always been involved in the community. I know as a WNBA, as a player, you're in your city, there are different initiatives that we've always done as a team going out into the community as an organization. Yeah. Um, which is great. But to me, that's, it's, it was so momentarily, right? You go out that day, it's a great day. And then you leave and they leave and nothing changes. I think how they, I think it's starting now. There's more action, you know, there's more actions. There's more um, action items on the agenda than just appearances, you know, they're yeah. setting up funds and scholarship funds or, or um, internship opportunities for youth in marginalized communities, you know? So I think it's to continue to support that demographic, but with more actionable, actions, you know, more programs, more funding, um, you know, build more libraries in the neighborhood or, you know, things where they could have access to computers, you know, give them the resources that they need to be successful yeah. um, rather than just one big happy barbecue or, yeah, you know, exactly. meet and greet, sign autographs and leave. Just leave something when you, when you leave and go back, the players leave something where they could continue to grow as a community. Yeah. When you, when you were playing, was there a time when something like that, like it left, it left a lasting impression and it, it, it worked. It wasn't just like you said, just a, a barbecue. That was a one-time thing. Was there a time when you did something like that, that you really saw a change in the community that went a long way to help? Oh, right. Oh, absolutely. There are, there are different things. I think what was good with the WNBA is as individuals, as players, right? We have our passions, our niche, or what we want to do in the communities. So when I played, I, I had Club 55. Yeah. Um, and it started when I was with the Lasers in San Jose. I don't think you were born, Deke. <laughs> you definitely weren't born. Or yeah. you were supposed to be born in 96. Were you born in 96? No, 2003. <laughs> you weren't even born. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, um, I, uh, I, I, I'm a pro playing for the ABL in San Jose. So I wanted to get back to the community. So I formulated Club 55. So I went to different high schools in East Palo Alto, you know, underprivileged uh, social challenge, socioeconomic challenge high schools and I met with 55 girls. Now those girls, how they got in the group, they either were achieving in academics, they were achieving in their sports. Teachers thought, you know, they needed mentors. So set them up. So I would go and meet with them bi-weekly, right? We meet once a week, once every two weeks, I'd go and we meet, have circles. In every city I've played in, I've had that Club 55 where I was inviting them to the game, you know, doing some tutoring, setting up different programs for the kids. Um, so it all, it started, that was a passion for me. Like I've always, wanted to give back. So I think the thing that, that they do is they support you to, to give those programs to the community. And I think that's what it has been with me, just having that extra support. Um, you know, but there are some great programs then that was read to achieve where, you know, we maybe piqued the interest of kids to, to go to the libraries and start to read and get knowledge. So there are really good programs there. Um, but I, like you said, like, it's going to take a lot more than that. Yeah. And that has been great. And I'm sure it's helped some kids, but there's a way to improve that and help more of a mass. But there's always been some programs that um, have been uplifting and, and resourceful to those communities. Definitely. And then during the 2020 climate, we've kind of seen, especially in sports, like this whole shift now where finally these leagues are starting to recognize all the, like the, the role they play and how like one league fell, the NBA started doing it, then the WNBA and all these leagues started joining in and the NFL, which back when Colin Kaepernick, like they wanted to completely hide it and sweep it under the rug. So it's kind of changed up. But how do you think athletes have, have done so far in 2020 with social justice issues? How do you think they've been able to handle it all? Cause it's been so heavy and yeah. How do you think they've been able to done it? Right. 
you know, that was a really, really dark time. I remember it was right, you know, right after the George Floyd incident. Yeah. Like amongst our community, you know, we've had, we had like group uh, Zooms just to, to talk about it. And it was, it was heavy, man. It was yeah. really heavy on like a lot of athletes, uh, a lot of our peers for like several days. Like no one really knew what to do because yeah. it was just that heavy. Like we all had these feelings and these emotions um, where we just were there for each other and just allowed each other to vent and to share. And I think from those meetings of everyone coming together, venting, sharing, and and just brainstorming, you know, I think that's how it kind of got built. You know, yeah. that's how the um, the whole movement kind of started. You know, with the WNBA, there were you know with the players' association, there were Zoom meetings and calls for players just to meet and support yeah. each other. And from there, ideas were thrown, and and people agreed then. Like, let's make a change. And I think that, again, there's strength in numbers, right? So once yeah. one league did it, all the other leagues started seeing everyone else do it um, and just became this movement this year that, you know, if you're an athlete, even if you're not an athlete, you know, anyone, like you don't have to be a person of color, but to see that, that type of movement, people coming together to impact and make change, yeah. Um, kind of gave some light because like I said when you go back to George Paul that was that was a heavy day um and I, a lot of good things you know have come out of that tragedy um but I, I like it, it was a proud moment just to see the whole um sports um community across all leagues come together and, yeah. and stand up for what's right yeah definitely and just to kind of finish up lots of times athletes or athletes are kind of, they have been told in the past to kind of just shut up and play. It's not your place to really speak up. And just, there's this whole kind of narrative about that. Like, how would you, if you were to talk to someone about that, who believed that narrative, what would you kind of say to them how to maybe reframe or yeah, their thinking, just something about that. Yeah. I mean, we've, yeah, shut up and play, um, play like a girl. Yeah. Um, you know, those are all phrases that what's, what's, what's interesting about those two, like they were used in a negative way, right? To throw slight, shut up and dribble or play like a, play like a girl. And yeah. what's kind of interesting that we've changed those same phrases into sources of strength, like kind of yeah. like, you know, like now those are powerful, you know, yeah. shut up, shut up and dribble motivated. Um, uh, just, I don't know, just sparked because yeah. I would tell that of that person, like to answer your question, I would say that, you know, we're, we're people first, um, like sports is what we do. It doesn't necessarily define who we are. Yeah. Um, and just like you, you know, you have your passions and beliefs. And I think, you know, as individuals, as, as, as United States citizens, as, as human beings, you know, we have that right also um, to, to be passionate and emotional about different things. Um, and just because we're, we're in sports doesn't, doesn't take that right away. Yeah, definitely. And just last one here, where do you think we can go from here? Because we, I feel like we've just taken such good strides in 2020 and now into 2021, where do you think we can go? And are you hopeful for the future? You know, um, I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic is a way they would say it um, because there's always the height of a moment, right? Yeah. Where it just all comes and it's like everyone's motivated into it, uh, and then it kind of there comes that becomes a new issue and a different issue, and you know it kind of gets pushed to the back, right? You know, yeah, like exactly. Um, 
And I think, I think news media plays a big part in that. Like, you know, whatever the news says, the top story, that's what you tend to, to see. Yeah, um, and I just hope that there's, there's a really great foundation that's been laid, even stronger than before. Um, you know, I think um, there's some great uh, programs that have been set up so far um, through the NBA, I know for sure, um, but through other sports leagues and different organizations as well, not necessarily in the sports arena. You know, there are some um, Fortune 500 companies like Salesforce and, and LinkedIn, Facebook, all, Google, all those people, they all have diversity, inclusive uh, programs that have been adapted in those organizations. Yeah. So I think we have the foundation. I think the challenge to everyone is to, to, to keep, hold our feet to the fire, so to speak. Yeah, not let it just be. You know, you have, you have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Um, you know, just yeah. to, to, to keep people aware um, that it's not over. Like we have a great beginning, um, but in order to keep that movement going um, to where we don't have a climax like we unfortunately did this summer, is to um, to keep to keep a daily daily attitude daily attitude about improving it in your area. You know, you don't you may not be able to reach the masses, but if each individual person, you know, can can connect with one person, then that's a good thing. That's a good day. You know, right? We're yeah. reaching one at a time until you know until hopefully we get to a point where um, the inequalities are less. Um, you know, and the equity is more. Definitely. Thank you so much. First off, no worries. Thank you for having me on yeah. this. Again, like you doing this project, I think it's 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 part of you reaching one because you're going to share this with a lot of people, and they're going to be able to see a different perspective from different people, and and maybe for the first time, go in and start your research on how they can help. So kudos yeah. to you. You're doing yeah. your part. Definitely. Thank you. In this fight. Yeah. So.